Hobby Worm. I was wondering if um, I could bring my kids in to learn some cool new hobbies. Absolutely. That's what Hobby Worm is all about. Uh, it's so cool. I, I saw your ad on the uh, on the bus stop uh, bench and it was like, oh, well, the Hobby Worm. That sounds fun. Oh, you saw it on the. OK, so advertising does pay off. I wasn't quite sure. Mm-hmm. The ad exec called me and they're like, would you like to advertise on bus benches? And I said, I don't know. Maybe uh, hobbyists aren't standing around the bus stops, but apparently here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I drove by it. I, dr- I drove by it. But Even I saw better. It. You yeah, saw it, it and it worked. You said, hobby worm. I need to call them because my kids need a hobby. Yeah, basically. Basically, that's what happened. Excellent. Well, that's exactly how I want advertising to work. What I would really like to get into is is what you do at Hobby Worm, because you seem like a genial type of guy trying hard to, you know, make a name for yourself, have mm-hmm. an entrepreneurial spirit in our yep. community, which I love. Yep. What do you do at Hobby Worm? Well, obviously, we specialize in selling things that are for hobbies, for mm-hmm. the hobbyists. So when I mm-hmm. said I want to get into the hobby business, I had to go down to the office and register an LLC. Mm-hmm. And I tried Hobby World. Taken. I tried Hobby Stop. Taken. Hobby Lobby. Taken. Hobby mm-hmm. Place. Taken. Hobby Man. Taken. Uh, everything was taken except Hobby Worm. <laughs> okay. Of, like all the other words that you could attach to hobby, that was the one that was left? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we had a short list. There was Hobby Elbow. Hobby U-Turn. Hobby Worm. Hobby mm-hmm. Tree. And oh. Hobby Hobby. Okay. I mean, maybe hobby tree would have been better. I don't know because a hobby tree uh, would be graphically difficult, but a hobby worm (laughs) is really easy. I just made a squiggle. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, okay. So you sell like, uh, you know, what what are some of the, your most popular um, hobby things that you guys are pushing this holiday season? Mammograms. (laughs) I don't, I don't know a lot about the hobbying game because that's I mean, that's why I called you. That that feels more in the medical field. Yeah, it is. But you know, I I have a, an account with Alibaba Express, and I got a great deal on mammogram kits from out of Jingguan Province. <laughs> and so I said, well, you know, these things are four dollars and forty eight cents each, but I can probably sell them for sixteen to twenty five. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's a pretty good return on investment. ROI, as we call it in the hobby worm business. That, that's, everyone uses that. Yeah. And so I thought, let's do this. And so we, we I got 20,000 mammogram kits. Ooh. And they make great stocking stuffers. I, I, I'm i not sure that's true. Uh, so you're telling me you're out of pocket about $85,000 on mammogram kits? Yes. Okay. How, how, how are those moving for you? Are you? You've been able to get a good ROI yet? Well, you're going to tell me. <laughs> you got kids? Yeah, I have three kids. Yeah. Any daughters? Two daughters. There you go. Mammogram time. Yeah. I I feel like the 11 year old um, doesn't have breasts yet. And the 12 uh, week old definitely doesn't have breasts yet. Yeah, you have photos. Excuse me? Photos. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I've got a, I mean, I'm a father. I, I have 
probably 12,000 photos in the last month on my phone. Well, I could probably tell you if your kid qualifies for a mammogram. All right. I trust you. Hold on. Okay. I just I texted a picture to the number I just called. Did, did he get him? Yeah. What? No, she's not voluptuous. Excuse me? My daughter is exceptionally hot. No, I'm sorry. Uh, there's no... See, the mammogram's got to be able to kind of clamp onto something. No, no. Yeah. You can't, no, it's, no. it's not going to work. No, she's, nope. She's totally developing normally. And I'm going to buy a bunch of mammogram kits to show you what a uh, jerk you are. Oh, I couldn't possibly sell you a mammogram no, 10. kit. 10. I want 10. Oh, no, ten. I couldn't do 10. I just couldn't. Oh, 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 my daughter's not hot enough for you for a mammogram. 20 kits. That's how often we're going to test her for mammograms. I don't even know what that stuff is. It makes me feel uncomfortable. But what? I'm going to buy them for my daughter and give it to her for Christmas. Credit card number, please. Sure. 3812-5128. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Brian. Hi, Jack. Are you ready for the holiday season? Are you ready Get, for Christmas? Getting into the holiday season. I, my wife's been cooking up a storm, uh, getting ready for Christmas while I've been painting the kitchen at the same time. So you can imagine the dynamic there. I can. I mean, there's already so much, um, uh, you know, chemistry with the two of you speaking different languages and, and so much sort of like, you know, you're getting older and closer to, you know, the end of your mortality and where she can finally sort of cash out and get what she came to America for. So I, I don't exactly know what that um, that exchange would be like. What, how has it been in the kitchen? Well, um, you know, so she's kind of doing her thing, chopping vegetables, making pierogi, mm -hmm. uh, cutting up uh, things to make bigos, which is like a sauerkraut dish that they like, those Polish people. And... I need to paint the backsplash. Oh. So it's just kind of a, do you mind if I move all these things over here right now? And then are you going to drip paint in my food? And I'm like, Ooh. I don't know. Trying oh. to be clean. Yeah. So there's just a little conflict. So the, the moral of the story is don't paint the kitchen when your wife's using the kitchen to prepare food for the holidays. That's a morality tale? It is a morality tale. You remember Aesop? Yeah, of course. So he had that old, the fox in the kitchen, mm -hmm. about the fox who was in the kitchen. And then the old lumberjack comes in and, and was trying to paint the kitchen and the fox like, get out of here. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, I guess that's what happened. Your family dynamic is so interesting, Brian, with uh, your immigrant Polish wife and your two oddly named sons. Um, you know, I'd love to sort of understand what you know, Christmas is like in the sack household, what some of your, you know, Christmas traditions are. And, um, you know, especially coming sort of this mix of, of Poland to, you know, acquiesce to Germany and Hitler so quickly and easily, almost to the point of aiding them. Uh, and you, a wholesome American, uh, you know, uh, uh, human man. Hmm. Well put. <laughs> Thanks. That's why they gave me a podcast. <clears throat> Good thing there are no gatekeepers. <laughs> well, obviously, 
I mean, you have, we have the, you know, the American traditions where you, you, you take the menorah and then you light it on the first night of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the second night you light it again. And then on the eighth night you have all the candles are lit. Mm-hmm. And then your wife comes in and she's like, what is this stuff? And then she knocks it off the table and then directs you into the living room to start decorating the tree. I see. I see. So, so it's so. kind of, she's incorporated both holidays. Mm-hmm. There's Christmas, there's Hanukkah. I don't know enough about Kwanzaa and I don't think anyone does. No. Just because it was kind of created out sure. of thin air, almost mm-hmm. seems yeah. possibly. And for so, sure. you know, maybe someday in the future, that'll be more a part of our celebrations. But for right now, it's it's mostly a Catholic Christmas celebration uh, with with a reference to Hanukkah in it. Well, but but for Kwanzaa, you do have, you do decorate the Jay-Z and Beyonce tree, right? Yeah. So we have the Jay-Z and Beyonce manger scene and the Sean mm-hmm. Puff Daddy Combs is one of the Magi and then Dr. Dre and Heavy uh-huh. D. Uh-huh. I mean, is there, is there a modern black person that you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Like off the top of your head, who would that be? Cornell West. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Man. Thomas Sowell. Oh yeah. Very. <laughs> you, man. It's like I've ripped you out of East Harlem and put you on a podcast. Clarence Thomas. <laughs> All the blackest dudes, the baddest ass black dudes in America, right here. Chuck D. <laughs> so, what is the manger scene de- is supposedly depicting there? Well, it, it's the story of Kwanzaa. Hmm. When the Archangel Quintavius descended from heaven uh-huh. and there was like a manger, mm-hmm. it, was in, it was a parking lot. Mm-hmm. People were like doing donuts. It's very dangerous. There's people doing Sounds donuts dangerous. in the parking lot, like crowds mm-hmm. gathered. Archangel Quintavius comes down from heaven uh-huh. with the baby. Oh, there we go. That makes sense now. The son of Dr. G. <laughs> Is that God? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got so it. he's got the son of Dr. G. And he comes out and there is a girl there who insists that it's, she never did anything with nothing, nothing with nobody is what she keeps saying. I didn't do nothing with nobody. Is that scripture? Why do I have this baby? And then there's just kind of a lot of holy noises. Did you get this, the major scene from uh, your friends at Hobby Worm? It's why she's getting a mammogram in during the scene. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I hear they've got good deals over there. Kwanzaa. Okay, so you've got you've got your 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 Kwanzaa scene at your house. That makes sense. You've got yep. your oddly sort of misplaced uh, menorah, and then you've got you've got the Sack family Christmas tree. Yes, from your Polish immigrant wife and and yep. yourself. Um, yeah. Go ahead and tell us, you know, what um, what what the tree and what the the Christmas decorations in your living room are like. So we hang little boxes of fireworks from from the hearth. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is every you know you got the fire roaring, and every once in a while, one of those fuses will just have just enough heat that it ignites. So suddenly, out of nowhere, there's a boom, pop, 
bam. And then it's quiet for a while. And so it kind of always keeps you on edge. Right. That's what you, you want. Never know. You never know when there's going to be like this terrifying sound. That's exciting. So it's kind of, you, you really appreciate the evening because you're always alert. Right. <laughs> it seems like that would, would leave me with frayed nerves. Yeah. I mean, but that's what wine elf is for. Well, that's right. The the hero of, of Sack Family Christmas, Wine Elf. Yeah. So Wine Elf uh, is, he's a, well, he's here, he's claiming asylum, but he's really just an economic <laughs> migrant. Uh-huh. You know, and so yeah. he's here, he's very short and we put a little elf hat on him and he's just been tasked with always having a magnum open uh, of, of our favorite Cabernet. Uh-huh. And so he just, as you know, you're sitting there kind of waiting for the next firework to go off. Um, you know, you've got your wine glass. If he sees that it's it's low, he comes mm-hmm. dashing on over and he's got little jingle bells on his feet, his little jingle mm-hmm. bell shoes. So as he, mm-hmm. he comes running over and then he'll he'll top off your glass and you'll thank, say thank you to the wine elf in his native mm-hmm. Uh, Ecuadorian, and then um, and and then it just kind of you know you, you then you just sit there and you wait you wait for the next explosion. <laughs> so where where did you find uh, Wine Elf? Wherever we we just on the sidewalk in New York City, they just they've been dropping them off here like crazy. So I see. One of the benefits of being a sanctuary city, and we're really mm-hmm. kind of putting it out there that everybody's welcome, no matter yeah. what. Uh, is that you really, you become a magnet for, for labor. It's great. So, I mean, we've got, now we've got our, a wine elf. We have a lawn elf. <laughs> we have a paint elf. It's great. That sounds great. I mean, it's, I, it feels like, I mean, these are just potentially Ecuadorian slaves. Well, we don't look at it that way. We say, you know, we, we've kind of told them we'll, we'll help them with their asylum a- application. Okay. Um, you know, but de- even though it's not really asylum. Mm-hmm. No, we just kind of tell them, you know, we're, we're going to help you guys. We're going to help you out. W- you know, what does that look like in terms of helping them out? How how, how quickly are you going to get around to that? Well, I mean, you, you keep saying you're getting around to it. And then after about like five or six months, they start to get agitated, as we find. Mm-hmm. That nothing's happening. And that, that's when you call ICE. <laughs> Is that the Wine Elf Removal Service? It's a, it's an organization that will assist you with the removal of any elves uh, that you you don't you know want to deal with anymore. I see. <clears throat> so it's great. You know, it's it's kind of it's just it's a useful service to have. Uh, but you know we we love our wine elves. We love you know we love we love them. They're very sweet. They love the culture. That's great. And what sort of culture do they do they bring into your house? Well, there's a cartel um, that's in the basement. So, I mean, you know, we kind of we've learned to cooperate with them. It's one of these things. It's business. It's strictly business. If we uh, let them do what they do, uh, uh-huh. stay out of their way, then they're not going to kill us. They're not going to uh, murder any family members. Um, and you know, there will be no punishments. So, you know, that's kind of the attitude we have taken is like, okay, well you do your thing. Um, so, you know, there's a thriving business apparently they're, they're doing quite gangbusters. They just got their second armored vehicle. 
Oh, cool. Uh, which, which is heck of a sight in this in this quiet town, and um, and you know they have their own uh, private uh, military services there, paratroopers mm-hmm. and things, and the mm-hmm. uh, paramilitary forces, and, and that's really kind of interesting to watch. See how that kind of just grew from nothing. It's really amazing. Oh, that's cool. That's the American dream. That's what it that is. is. I mean, they have they have become in a short period of time too since they've been here uh, the number one producer of or dealer of fentanyl in the in this region. And they oh have done. God. They've done gangbusters. And it all started with you stealing uh, an Ecuadorian off a New York sidewalk. Well, I, an elf. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. An elf. Yeah, we it started with my need for a wine elf. <laughs> wow. I mean, if that isn't just the most Christmassy story I've ever heard. Yeah. I, you know what? All this story needs is jingle bells in the background. I mean, we can't afford that. No, well, actually, it also alerts the police to your presence. So I've been told no <laughs> jingle bells. Hey, man, uh, I did ask Santa for some fentanyl this year. Is there any way you can help me out? Yeah, I got a connection. <laughs> I've got a fentanyl elf. <laughs> and actually, uh, you know, it's not a bad idea. Uh, there have been a, a huge spike in fatalities uh, in the in the area. And I think it's being traced back to our fentanyl elf. And so if he could go hang out with you in Connecticut, that might be a, might be good for all of us. Well, that's, that's great. What, what um, you know, pre, pre elves, what was the population of your town? Uh, this particular hamlet w- was probably about 5,000 folks. And the population today? It's, it's about the same, it's about 4,000. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel like the same. It feels like you've lost about 20% of the population. There's been a migration, I'll be honest. Hmm. A large number of people have kind of uprooted and gone to heaven. <laughs> See, that's very different. Like the Californians going to like Boise, Idaho or Austin, Texas. That feels like a different type of migration. To yeah. Me. I mean, it, really in New York, you're either, you either go to Florida, Texas or heaven. <laughs> One of the three paradises. <laughs> well, Brian, I mean, gosh, if... Anyone listening isn't now just completely bubbling with Christmas spirit, then I, I don't know what's wrong with your heart. You should go see a doctor. Yeah, you need a therapy elf. <laughs> you could get them, all our listeners, a therapy elf. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm going to dash down to the city actually pretty soon and pick up a few more just to be safe. So, Brian, uh, in that last segment, I made a crack about not being able to afford jingle bells to, because that's yeah, how you, poor our podcast is. You did. You You did. But I have exceptionally exciting news. Is it Christmas related? Not at all. No. No, this is a Christmas gift that could potentially give all year round. All right. What's that? I have secured us our first sponsor. No, our second sponsor, because our first was Manscaped. Yes. I I was going to say that. That check never came, though, did it? They were not very good at following through. Yeah. So we pushed Manscaped. This is about two years ago. We pushed Manscaped on the show. We did our part. I think we did four uh, weeks of Manscaped bits. Yeah. And, uh, and and then the check never seemed to arrive. Yeah. They were shady. Yeah. Manscaped is shady. Yeah. All their products gave me crabs. Yep. And gonorrhea, the antibiotic resistant gonorrhea. That's right. There's nothing we can do about it now. Yeah. It's horrible. It's brutal. 
So anyway, that's Manscaped, and 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 so they're dead to us. So yes, technically they reached out. We're our sponsor for a little while. That is all yeah. true. Yep. It's been a little while now. I have secured us now a sponsor that we will hopefully uh, in our next episode be featuring. I'm very excited about this, but this is now the opportunity. We want to reach out and let all of our listeners know that the opportunity to sponsor questionable material with Jack and Brian is now upon you for a mere $150. We will advertise your business or anything that you want us to come out and say on the podcast, $150. And you will sponsor that episode of the podcast. Now, like on our old TV show, we have a rule about our sponsorship deals. Brian, go ahead and sort of explain the rule that we live by. Well, if memory serves, the rule is that you have absolutely no creative control over your commercial. That's right. Which produced some fantastic results back in the day. Heck yeah. You may not even like what we wind up doing, but we, I swear to you, we will talk a lot about your company and your and or product and or service and or sometimes we had uh, as an anniversary present. Someone sponsored the show as an anniversary present to his uh, uh, wife of like 14 years. Oh, that's remember right. That? I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't our first then, one the Top Hat Company? It was Top oh, Hats yeah. of America. Well, no, the first one was Silent Trombone, uh, uh, was a, a Sad Trombone. Oh, SadTrombone.com. That's right. Sad, this is God's Honest Truth. And our old TV show, that was our first sponsor because we built this idea up. $5. We had the website sadtrombone.com sponsor our TV show. And and we went up from there. We eventually got it up to 300 I figure for a podcast with slightly less audience, we'd cut it down to 150 We even got, uh, we got uh, Beck to do like a, a bit for sadtrombone.com. That's right. Remember he did his crazy little chart of all the, you know, everything's all connected here and there. And it all ended with sad trombone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Crazy chart. Yeah. Glad Beck conspiracy chart with sad yeah. trombone. That's right. We, we got Will Kane to do a, a oh, that's bit. Right. Yeah. Will Kane. Like yeah. Will. Yeah. Good guy. So anyway, so this is your chance. So Brian, tell people, uh, this is, uh, you'll never see an ROI like you will for advertising with questionable material. Brian, go ahead and tell us the address where people can reach out for their uh, opportunity. Jack at QMPodcast.com. Great. Jack at QMPodcast.com. Now, who does that email go to? Me. <laughs> so who's paying $150 for for this? I'm going to give them an early plug. It's a company called Copy Plus out of Cincinnati. Just an outstanding business, uh, all American, um, some incredible workers there. Is it like they Kinko's? Because I met Kinko. You met Kinko? I did meet Kinko. I remember I produced a uh, an industrial video and we interviewed Mr. Kinko. His name was Kinko because I think he had kinky hair and his college Ooh. friends used to call him Kinko. Really? Yeah. And then he turned that into a business and then made a lot of money selling it to FedEx. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Kinko. There's a lot of money in copying machines. So <laughs> let's, get, let's get in with Copy Plus guy. Well, a Copy Plus, they, they, might, they might not even do that business. They probably have a copier on premises. They might write oh, copy. Maybe they plagiarize things so that they can become university presidents. I think it's a plagiarism business. Ah, okay. Copy Plus. Copy Plus, exactly. For like copy. Ivy League. Yeah. <laughs> Already, this is the sort of attention yes. that this company is desiring. I mean, man, oh God, I wish 
maybe if, if, if they take the stock public, we can get in early because they're going to make so much freaking money. I can't wait to find out what this business actually does. Yeah. Could be uh, any of the things we we named. I mean, the plus, I think, can incorporate a lot of different possibilities. That just kind of opens up the door to it can be anything. Yeah. You know, because like when you're, you're LGBT, sure, yeah. But if you do plus, oh, man, the world's your oyster. Asexuals. Yes. I'm not even interested in sex. I'm part of this now because there's the plus. Copy plus. Copy plus. <laughs> all right. I'm excited for copy plus. I'm excited for all of the money to come pouring in. Pouring in. Like when it rains, it pours. Jack at QMPodcast.com. Yeah. All right. right. Send in your your request today. Hey, Brian. Hi. No, 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 no. Let's have like big second half of the show energy. All right. Hey, Brian. (laughs) Hey, Jack. Whoa. This is going to be a fun segment. Oh. Now, Brian, yeah. if I remember correctly, a couple of years ago, you were just putting, putting the finishing touches on your time machine. Did you ever finish that project? Of course. Yes. That's, that's great. That's awesome. So uh, this is exactly what I thought. So you have been to the future. I've been able to go to the future. Yeah. That's so great. You know, I, I think the future is on everyone's minds more than ever right now. Sure. You know, with the holidays wrapping up, everyone's attention is turning to 2024. So I was thinking maybe I could ask you about some things that you know are going to happen in 24 that we can just go ahead and tell people now. Spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> here comes the future of our country. Yes, sure. I d- That's so I, great. I hope it's not a spoiler for folks, but you know. Absolutely. Now, after you got back from one of your time travel trips, uh, you know, you did send me some some interesting texts. Uh, you said something about um, that the the new year starts off with a bang, like right at the at the stroke of midnight for twenty twenty four. Like, what did that mean? What what happens right at right at midnight in twenty twenty four, January first? Uh, amazing. So, we're in Times Square, uh huh, and the ball's coming down, and then right as it hits the stroke of midnight. Um, RFK Jr. is assassinated. <laughs> and it's just like, are you serious? Like everybody was just kind of like, are you serious? Oh. Another Kennedy? Oh. 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 Crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, he should have got vaccinated for bullets. Yeah. So that's what you meant by... <laughs> that's what you meant by the year starting off with a bang. It's the Starts bang of a, of a gun. The bang of a gun. Yeah, now, yeah, t- taking him out. Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, yeah, because like, he was there. So he was, they'd replaced Kathy Griffin mm-hmm. with RFK Jr. <laughs> so he and Anderson Cooper uh-huh. are there at Times Square mm-hmm. having a great rapport. Right. You know, you could see you, there are some moments it seemed like stuff could happen between them. Ooh. Yeah, but every time it got close, like they, they cut away. Uh-huh. <laughs> But, you know, and he's just talking about his, he was just talking about various things. And, um, and, and, and he was all into the five, he was asking about the 5G, is there 5G in Times Square, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's a and, bad show. But they were having a, they were having a good old time and, and Anderson was a little tipsy. Sure. As usual. And so he was, he was enjoying it and stuff. And then, you know, out of nowhere, there's a bang. Oh. And of course, you know, there's so much media there that all the cameras just kind of start looking around. 
and then they they find they they catch somebody up in the in the building. Oh, in a, the in, a, in the Marriott Hotel. Yeah, he had had removed the window. Oh God, so sad. Who 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 was it? It was Michael Moore. <laughs> Wait, a, a, a claimed documentarian uh, and person who hasn't been in the news in ten years, Michael Moore. Yes, that Michael Moore. Whoa! How, and he fit into a hotel room. He, well, he got a he got a double, and he, uh-huh. you know, he's been out of the limelight, <laughs> and he wanted to make a movie. The only thing that's been out of the light on him is his toes. He wanted um, to make a movie about him killing a, a presidential candidate? Yeah, it was called Robert and Me. <laughs> he wanted to get back into it. Oh. And this was his way. He kind of figured like, listen, now, you know, he's older. He's overweight. So his life expectancy is shorter. Sure. So let's, he just wants to be, be in the papers again, be thought of and be, and get that one last documentary out there. Robert and me. That's great. Although I do hate, I mean, like killing a Kennedy is, I mean, it's sort of like making a Michael Jackson joke. You know, it's just sort of been done a lot. It's cliched. It is very cliched. And that was actually uh, one of the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So the year starts off just, just huge. That's crazy. That's amazing. That's just amazing. You know, potential independent candidate out of the race. Yep. Okay. So. Now you regaled us with a, a tale a couple of years ago of a, of a Super Bowl that would that would happen, and you, you predicted it all quite well. But again, I, I think again at this year's Super Bowl, there's something that's never happened before in the history of the NFL and of, and of the Super Bowl. I'm so excited to learn what it is because it, apparently it's a game changer, and people will never think of the NFL in the same way again. Yeah. Do, do you mind just sharing what happens at, at this year's Super Bowl? Yeah. Uh, so. <clears throat> at the Super Bowl, you had, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, that's weird. Okay. And uh, the San Diego 49ers. Good. That's, boy, we got some unpacking to do on that second one. Go ahead. All right. So the San Diego 49ers. <laughs> San Fran, I think. San Fran 49ers. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's right. Oh, my memory slipped. Yeah. San Francisco 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's in Hawaii. Oh, that's amazing. That's uh, would be a first. Wa'akamakapakana Stadium. <laughs> that's a great facility. It's, I mean, it's very humid. It's extremely warm. Uh, the players, you know, they, they were, you know, usually they're all bundled up and stuff. And these guys, they were just wearing the bear, Speedos. A lot of them were in oh. Speedos. <laughs> you know, speedos, socks and cleats. And then. Uh, maybe a halted top, maybe some, you know, they had to have the pads on, of course, and the helmets, but they're all sweating profusely. Oh, my gosh. A lot of glistening. There was a lot of glistening. Oh, my gosh. A lot of sweat, which, of course, made them very slippery. So there's a lot of quarterbacks, you know, getting grabbed at and, and just people sliding everywhere. It was really oh. a messy, messy event. So so it sounds like Anderson Cooper's January got saved ready, pretty quick. Yeah, so Anderson was loving it. I mean, he he was actually there, kind of doing a play by play. Okay, and he was just, his catchphrase was like, "Ooh, would you look at that!" Like just like <laughs> every single play. Like, oh, he didn't describe the action on the field. 
No, it was just that a lot of the radio people were very upset because they're like, what is going on? They hear cheering and they just hear Cooper just saying, oh, would you look at that? <laughs> but, you know, yeah, not a lot of de- He's not really a, a football uh, commentator. We learned. Not, yeah, not like you. We will learn. Right. Yeah, that's great. He doesn't have oh. the kind of skills I have. San yeah, Francisco absolutely. 49ers. That's exactly right. So, okay, so it's it's uh, the Niners against the Buccaneers. Already yeah. weird because both of those teams are in the NFC, but that's so cool. We won't even get into that. So tell me what huh. made the history, though, at the Super Bowl. Well. Uh, besides the, all the players being, ba- you know, basically naked and sliding around each other. Well, so uh, it starts off uh, the, the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, okay. And then one of the players gets down on his knee to protest all the, all the racism in America. Cause we're so okay. racist, incredibly uh-huh. racist country. So everybody yeah. wants to live here. And so then all the team members get on their knees. It's kind mm. of like this, you know, Oh, what the hell? I guess I'll do it too. They all get in these. And the president of the NFL and the NFC who's flew in that day. <laughs> that's the thing I learned. Uh, so they come in and they're like, you know what? You guys are an idiots and you're all playing this game on your knees. Oh, whoa. so the game, the entire Super Bowl was played on their knees, running on their knees. It made it was quite a spectacle. And by the end of the game, they're like, we're never doing that crap again. Yeah, they, they could barely walk. Their knees were killing them, swollen beyond belief. Oh, it was the first Super Bowl to end in a draw. Because <laughs> It's really hard to run on your knees. Yeah, it is. That can't be fun. It was not fun. That was the universal uh, yeah, expression was this was not fun at all. <laughs> well, oh, there you go. Um, so that sounds awful. And yeah, thinking about what's going on in the world sort of internationally, I'd love to sort of check in on two uh, conflicts going on. Let's let's start first with, uh, you know, the war in the Middle East. Mm. Apparently there are some big uh, resolutions in 2024 that you texted me about that you, you couldn't even believe, especially what happened to to um, to Hamas. Yeah, and apparently Hamas took a, a crazy right turn. And uh, could you tell us what happens to Hamas in 2024? Yeah, um, they realized that their methods mm-hmm. of just murdering people indiscriminately uh, were looked down upon by a lot of people. Oh. So they teamed up with Just Stop Oil. And and would just block roads. Occasionally, one would spray the cars with automatic gunfire and, and create a, you know a lot of trouble for just stop oil. But in general, they tried to stick to just shutting down highways, oh, which gosh. you know people love and, and respond to very positively. It's definitely the way to win hearts and minds. Yeah, uh, and that's you know that and that was the thing. They're like, you need to start winning hearts and minds and not shooting them. <laughs> So it, it's been, so it was an adjustment for them because a lot of these guys are, I don't know how, uh, how you say it, like psychopaths, mm-hmm. um, uh, Islamist psychopaths. And so it's hard to kind of get, the, get, their, get them out of their little worldview thing, which is pretty much k- kill everything. Right. Because uh, God loves that. I, that's, what, that's what I hear. I guess the, the team, the, the new sort of power couple, Hamas and um, Just Stop Oil, uh, tried a few new tactics just to get win people over to their sides. What were some other um, hearts and minds things that they did throughout the year to just try and really uh, ingratiate themselves? 
Well, uh, they would, at, if during like any kind of uh, ceremony, like a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, mm-hmm. uh, they would storm in and glue their hands to the Torah that the 13-year-old child was trying to read. Mm-hmm. So they'd just stick their hands to it, and then they'd say, just stop oil. And then the Hamas guys would say, and Jews. You know, they, always, they just <laughs> felt like they had to add that. Right. They weren't supposed to. Right. But, you know, they're, it's a merger. Sounds like the faculty lounge at Harvard. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, there there is that. What yeah. happens with the war? What happens with the, um, you know, the the what's going on in Gaza and in Israel? Well, they settled on a one state solution. Oh my goodness! Yes. Uh, what's the one state? It's the state of war. <laughs> wow! They're yeah. just going to make it permanent. It's, per, you know, they're like, why are we dicking around? Let's just, let's be honest here. And so it's just an endless tit for tat. That's great. And so the United Nations has recognized this one state? They don't do peacekeeping anymore. They just do Jew taunting. <laughs> they switched. Okay. Well, you know, to each their own. Um, okay. That's, well, that's, that's awfully darn fascinating. Um, what's the big uh, update on the thing that you always drop references to your, your hatred of Russia for their illegal and immoral attack on uh, Ukraine? What, uh, what happened in the, uh, what in 2024 with uh, the Russians and the Ukrainians? Well, uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, this mm-hmm. is going to be great news to some folks, wound up being assassinated. Oh my gosh. Another assassination? Yes. What happened? Ken Burns. <laughs> well, it's like a character assassination. Uh, Ken Burns did a character assassination documentary of, of Vladimir Putin. Uh, with a beautiful soundtrack and yeah. just really a lot of nice, fo- you know, uh, zooms in to, to Putin's face and, uh, and so you learn a lot about the, what a weasel he is, like really, you know, tears him apart, tears him a new one, Ooh. but he's still alive and kicking. That's great. But his reputation's How- been tarnished. Oh, 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 so I'm sorry. I, uh, Putin is alive and kicking. Oh, of course. Yeah. His character was assassinated, but he's, he's going strong. Great. And how, um, how has Ken Burns enjoyed the, uh, the reception to the film? He died. Oh, no. Yeah, he died very suddenly. Uh, he was at a cocktail party. Yeah. Took a sip of a martini and then just staggered uh, staggered towards the wall, wound up falling out a window. Oh, that's such a Ken Burns way to die. It's a very Russian way to die. Oh, yeah. If you think about it. Huh. Well, that's, I mean, you know, what a sad coincidence that is. It is sad. It's sad. He was a very good filmmaker. He really was. I, there, you know, who else is going to make so many films that I'm going to tell myself I'm going to get around to watching? Uh, it's going to be the guy from PBS. Yeah, man. Well, the for, guy formerly at PBS. Well, I, if Ken Burns is a listener, and he probably is, uh, you know, make some choices, man. The 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 future is always in motion. Make some he's different dead. choices. He's dead. <laughs> I forgot he's dead. Well, Brian, the, the last thing I want to ask you about is more in sort of the pop culture realm. Yeah. Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 2023 is mm. Taylor Swift. Yeah. I, I know you're a big Swifty. Yep. Huge. And I was. I was. 
Uh-oh. So, yeah, now you texted me something about that Time Magazine retracted it because Taylor Swift had such a terrible 2024. And you, you're no longer Swifty. What happened in 2024 that made America turn on Taylor? Well, uh, in 2024, it comes out in a documentary. Mm-hmm. Big year for documentary, by the way. Finally. <laughs> uh, comes out in a documentary that Taylor Swift had two lives. Oh. Uh, she has the musician slash pop star, whatever, you know, famous person thingy. Yeah. Uh, but she was also a commandant of a kitty cat concentration camp. No. All, all K's. <gasps> oh, God. Three so K's. She, she had a bit of a Nazi streak to her. Oh, Jesus. And she ran a concentration camp for kitty cats. What fueled this this hatred for a, a cat genocide? She read a book years ago when she was a child called Mine Cat. <laughs> and it basically turned her against cats. Mm-hmm. And so she saw them as the source of all the ills in the world. Definitely a problem for the mice of the world. Oh, yeah. And uh, so she took it upon herself to rid the world of kitty cats. So, I mean, her popularity with dogs must have skyrocketed. Yes, yeah, she's she's actually uh, Paws Magazine uh, Woman of the Year. <laughs> so it's a bittersweet. Yeah, that seems it seems like at least a push. And and thus uh, brings to a conclusion this episode of Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Yes, Jack. Yes, Brian. And uh, all that. And all that. <laughs> I, at the end of last episode, I challenged people angrily to uh, give us reviews because it's been a long time. We got three amazing new reviews at, at a minimum. Look just at since you I asked wrangling them. reviews. Look at that. Yeah. Motivating some, some nice, people. Nice. And as with everyone who writes reviews for us, they're always like these funny, irreverent, like, like people who listen to the show are just funny and smart and very cool. So thank you for the new reviews. Keep it up. Thank you, Jack. I didn't write anything for you, Brian. Oh, oh, wow. I'm not a fan of the show. I'll try to do better, Jack. Please, in 2024. Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com.